right, Empires of the Future. We're back. We're back and ready to talk about Instagram, which I don't have an account. Right. I and well. I don't do Instagram, yeah. which which shows since we're college ministry youth pastor, uh, we're in trouble. This is where they're all at. Well, yeah, and this is so funny because I, I, what do I follow? Like, I don't know, six or seven people on Instagram. I have an Instagram because uh, students asked about it enough that I have a mode where eventually I'll just go here. Sure. You just me do it. Yeah. And then they did it. And let me tell you, uh, I, being a 41-year-old youth minister is its own kind of animal sure. for me. But uh, my, my advice to anyone out there who is, who is uh, doing this, even in, you know, into your 30s, uh, when you really start to turn a corner as a youth minister, is, look, some, t- some of this you just need to be older and just let it be. And it was really easy for me to be older as far as Instagram because I'm like, I don't. Just a lot of pictures. How many pictures do you with, take uh, per week? Oh, right. And, you know, it's probably less than 10, captions right? On, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Less than, probably yeah. five. I, yeah. I'm not a picture guy. No. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I am, what a great time. I am the expert on Instagram among the two of us, and I've already, I've already shared that. Uh, well, look, we're both, you know, middle aged ish. It's not good. Instagram is not for us. It's, it's not, not made for us. For us so. Which I guess is why, I guess we'll get into this, why Facebook bought Instagram. That's right. That's right. It's because they were losing, I guess, losing a bunch of their. Younger, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. I mean, they weren't losing them. I mean, they weren't using it very much, Facebook as much anymore. So, they bought Instagram. And, and uh, again, I don't do uh, Snapchat. I don't do that. <laughs> right? I, I had a hard time saying. Make sure I said it right. I don't do Snapchat. I don't do TikTok. Right. None of those things are for the thirty. I would say even like thirty and above. Right. Um, and you're thirty five now. I'm thirty seven. Thirty seven. But I haven't done Instagram. At all. Well, yeah. And which is, you know, we have like a, I think the like our college ministry has an account, but like, what would anybody, I, I'm not going to update it. And what pictures am I going to take of like just students randomly or yeah. like, hey guys, I'll get together. I'm going to do this on Instagram. Yay. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even thinking to do that because I don't do that like privately or personally. I'm never going to do it for a group. Right. So um, my wife doesn't even do Instagram. And she takes a ton of pictures, yeah. and she doesn't do Instagram at all. So, uh, yeah, I don't know very much about it. I know how it works, but I don't have a lot of insider information. Right, and so as two guys who are uh, Instagram knowers from a distance, yeah. as are most people our We're knowledgeable age, that it exists. Yeah, <laughs> we see people use it, certainly. Yes, yes. Um, talking about today, uh, this article called Facebook Knows Instagram is Toxic for Teen Girls. Company documents show. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, last but you're a new week. subscriber. I am. Congratulations. There you go. Welcome to the club. And I, and, and I tell you, I am. Don't you already feel more like a part of the intelligentsia? Don't you already feel a part of it? Um, but I, I am an old man in regard to this. Job. I went for the physical because I, oh, I think have it's to. a great thing yeah. that, look, this is it. This this physical paper, this yes. is all you get to tell me. That's you, don't, right. you can't fill me up with 8,000 internet articles exactly like they want to do this is it i think it's a limiter it it becomes it becomes helpful in your uh for kindling your uh, campfires there you go see it has multi-uses yeah yes uh so this was uh, i believe last wednesday yeah i believe Uh, so so that would be something like uh september 15th uh, of 2021 and it's by georgia wells jeff horwitz and deepa sitharaman uh, and so uh, we're calling this Instagram toxicity, and it, it talks about how uh, Instagram is, is toxic for teen girls, and that is not an overstatement. Uh, it, some teen girls specifically, so we're going to get into that today. I've uh, uh, been reading and, and hearing quite a bit about this uh, lately in different podcasts, um, and uh, just like we were talking about before uh, the podcast uh, last week was... Uh, a week of Facebook articles for the Wall Street Journal. Yep. Uh, a lot of different Facebook articles. But uh, this seemed fitting to me because we've spent some time talking about issues that young men are going through currently. And this is, uh, this is an issue that teen girls specifically are, are dealing with, this, this issue of comparison yep. and how Instagram drives that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I have a, you have, 
Remind me again. You have two, three boys. You have two boys and a girl, right? That's right. Two yeah. boys and a girl. I wanted to make sure I said it like because I'm like I'm pretty sure he's got a girl now. But <laughs> you know what's but funny? You know what? Well, I've so not interacted with so many kids. Yeah, with so many kids, <laughs> and I haven't met your daughter yet. So they, the it's the loud. reason that you have met you sometimes doubt yourself a little sure, bit. Yeah. But uh, so this is helpful because now you're. I have a my daughter is the oldest of the mm-hmm. of the three kids. She's eight, and this article. I'm glad. Number one, that the Wall Street Journal did this particular series, but number two, that we're talking about, especially as teenage girls, because yeah. we're going to have teenage girls, me sooner than you. Sure. And I know my daughter is very social. She likes to take pictures with her with our phones, and she would be a great customer yep. for Instagram. Right. But as a father reading this article, I'm like, uh, no, we're not going to do Instagram at all. Um, and I, from my vantage point, I'm not sure how you kind of took from it. And I know we're going to get into all the nitty gritty details, but I saw kind of two big terms that really kind of resonated with me. One was comparison and where do I yep. see, where do I have value? And girls are struggling because they think the prettiest girls and the most chiseled bodies are mm-hmm. the ones that have the most value. Mm-hmm. But then the next part that I find even these kind of I guess sides of the, of the of the coin is dependence. Yeah. That all of their dependency on Instagram for their connection to mm-hmm. their friends. Yeah. So it's like this idea they know that it has issues that it affects them, but they're dependent on it. Yeah. And those two terms, like for a, so a father who has a daughter who is a teen who's going to be a teenager, she is going to want to have to. She's going to want to interact with her friends or people from her school with this system because if she doesn't. Uh, doesn't have an account or she doesn't post pictures, then she won't. Maybe she won't have connections to her friends. Sure. But yet there are the, the the dark side of this is that it leads to comparing yourself, and so it's like it's a really kind of it's a huge a huge issue. And as a father, it's like wow, this is going to be an interesting minefield to navigate. Yeah. So we should uh, mention a little bit what Instagram is. Uh, basically. What you're going to see, uh, you follow people on Instagram, so your uh, your wall or your feed is, is populated by whoever you choose. Uh, but in addition, they have an explore section where it, just like all these other social media sites, uh, it analyzes uh, p- professionally. It is, it is a professionally uh, designed program to analyze what you spend time on, mm-hmm. what seems important to you. And then to, in, in the Explore feature, to give you more of what you seem to be interested in. Sure. And that's going to be important as we go. And, and so uh, if you're familiar with Facebook, it is a more, uh, more picture-dependent Facebook. Uh, the picture is more featured. And then captions, filters, uh, where you can alter sort of the way you look. So you can have filters that would make uh, blemishes go away. Or just kind of fun filters you get to give you bunny ears or right. any, a lot of different things. Right. And this is, this is one of the areas where they're, you know, constantly trying to do things. This is what enables it to always, you know, have something going on that people might talk about. And, uh, and so it's, it, uh, most people, especially most young people will have it on their phone. Uh, and it's one, only an app. Like it, it's not a, it's not a system like Facebook where you get on your computer. Mm. Instagram is, is a system that you can only use with your device. Right that you then post pictures. Um, and uh, so it is a, it's an interesting system because it's basically designed from the, from day one mm-hmm. to be a phone-based or app-based system. Unlike right. Facebook was built as a website that then became, you yeah. know, on, on, yeah. Right. Um, and so let's jump in. Why is this a concern? So the, the story here starts out, quote, about a year ago, teenager Anastasia Vlasova Uh, started seeing a therapist. She had developed an eating disorder and had a clear idea of what led to it, her time on Instagram. She joined the platform at 13 and eventually was spending three hours a day entranced by the seemingly perfect lives and bodies of the fitness influencers who posted on the app. Mm. Uh, So what you mentioned earlier is is the first thing to notice. Uh, This issue of comparison is... Present and 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 throughout this, I, I think I was thinking about this. Okay, how do you how do you address this? Look, it is not Instagram's fault that humans compare. Sure, but the entire philosophy, uh, as as there've been so many questions, and some people might remember that even last year, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had to answer to Congress 
which is kind of a show that happens every now and then where Congress can say, hey, we're doing something about this concern <laughs> yeah. that people have. And, and so they bring up people who want to ask hard questions. And, and, and the way that Facebook has responded to a lot of questions is by saying, oh, well, listen, in all of our social media, uh, we, are, we are just about connecting people. Okay, well, um, your philosophy of what people are and what people are capable of is really important when you think, well, what could be more innocent than wanting to connect people? Right. Okay. <laughs> right. If, 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 for an instant, I know for a lot of people, you don't live in the teenager world, but if you all can remember the connections, that, the quote connections that you had in, say, uh, high school, um, there were a lot of good connections that if you're the kind of person who likes to think fondly of the past, you will remember the good connections. But if you're the kind of person who likes to think negatively of the past, you can also remember the bad connections. Right. Uh, everything from bullying, pushing around, people make fun of you, this, all that is happening right. <laughs> on Instagram right. and more. So you can also be connected to people who, you know, hey, the, the, the most fit people you can think of, uh, whether they are celebrities or whether they're just people who are like, no, look, I'm the most prominent CrossFit guru you could find. All these people. Yep. can be found there. And that is what you're ending up with. And so this issue of comparison is front and center. And Instagram so far, and, and, and Facebook being the owner of Instagram since 2012, right, right. Uh, parrots this hour, or kind of walks out and says, look, you know, all we're doing is trying to connect people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as if, oh, well, uh, oh, is that, you know, yeah. that's, it, it, yes, we, we get that. Yeah. But you're still responsible for what you're doing. Uh, so that from the start just seems to be, what do you do with this issue that uh, we, don't, we don't see how, how complicated it is that you want to connect people, all kinds of people, all hours of every day without fail, without stopping. And I think it's interesting because you know, this was one of the article, other articles that was posted or published in the Wall Street Journal this week about Facebook, about like, you know, they've been trying now to limit as like limit political, yeah. uh, like I guess political articles and other things that people basically most of the things that you get on Facebook are just like I guess connected to groups and and, and maybe friends and people so that people are just connecting with people they're not connecting with necessarily with with articles from outside groups like yeah. BuzzFeed because BuzzFeed I guess I read was basically designed to be a social media like. Uh, to be like a publication that basically got all of its readers from social media, right? And it really fed off of dropping articles and people commenting on them. And yeah. Facebook's trying to get out of that. But again, like, they set up the system for people to connect. And this is what people want to connect on, right. are issues that are hot-button issues. Right. And so I find that in, through, this ar- through this article that was brought out that I thought was, was fascinating was just kind of some of the, as you are mentioning, kind of this, like, this innocent approach, no taking no responsibility of the negative impacts. Oh, we're just trying to connect people. Uh, things like when Mark Zuckerberg said that the research that we've seen is that using social apps to connect with other people can have positive mental health benefits. And I'm like, well, which ones are these? Right. And it's so like, they're so vague in their terminology. And it's like, we have exact data on some of the, the negative impacts, but we don't really have any of the positive but they just kind of use this language of like, well, we're just trying to connect people. And what better thing for people than being connected to one another? It's like, well, I mean, do you realize when people people connect all the time over negative things, right? right. And yet just because you have connections, like you were mentioning, doesn't mean it's a good connection. Right, right, right. Uh, so, and, and to that issue, the, the next quote that I have here really uh, gets to the heart of, okay, what, what kind of power does Facebook have in this regard? <laughs> Uh, so it says, quote, says here, quote, around that time, researchers insti- inside Instagram, which is owned by Facebook Incorporated, were studying this kind of experience and asking whether it was part of a broader phenomenon. Their findings confirmed some serious problems. 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse, the researchers said in a March 2020 slide presentation. And so they are, they are capable of gathering immediate data on everything that is done with their platform. So that's pretty unprecedented. Sure. You know, it used to be uh, the old economy is, hey, somebody takes a TV home, somebody takes, I mean, anything, any product home, you know, a mop, uses it, you'd have to rely on, oh, we got a survey, we got to find yeah. out, we have to have in-house, right. you know, a, yeah. analysis of what people think of yeah. it. Okay, look, not only... 
can they get unbelievable, untold amounts of information uh, about how this is being used? It's, I mean, basic psychological information, how long you linger on a right. particular image that can immediately be tabulated by computers. Uh, they get that. And who else gets that? Nobody. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's not as if you can... And they walk. own that data. Right. It's not like it's shared like across governmental or these type of other institutions. And as many of us have become aware in the last, say, 10, 20 years, that a lot of the money is made by selling that. Yes, yes. Uh, about how people are engaging, how long, and what products, and, 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 and so, and, and specific, uh, what do you call it when it's advertising that is directed at interest, you know, interest-based advertising. Yeah, yeah, basically. sure. So yeah, that okay. if, if, you know, I'm into running, they'll figure that out, and yep. they'll be like, hey, this would be your kind of guy. Right. To advertise running shoots, too. Right. And, and companies, needless to say, are very interested in that right. sort of thing. But this is what is key about understanding here is that they have the data. There's no chance for anybody else to get any of that data, really, because how are you going to get it? Right. It's their apps. The data right. is going directly to them, and you right. better believe if their bottom I, line revolves yeah. around yeah. keeping that data to themselves, yeah. then they are paying a lot of people yeah. to make sure that data doesn't go to anybody else that they don't want it to go. And they, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have copyright, like, power over the data because they're the ones that have created these systems. And when people sign up for these profiles, they're basically signing the the dotted line that you're giving over this information that you're posting independently they're not paying you to do this you're doing this independently they own that so they can sell that and that hits why they're being brought before congressional hearings to to talk about all this about privacy laws and these type of things but the more and more you read is that base which it's creating this i kept on reading this as I read this, I mean, yeah, 32% of teen girls said that when they felt bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse, right? It's like, but these girls, as you read this article, are obsessed or addicted to the mm-hmm. system that is actually making them feel bad. Yeah. And what's so crazy about this is, is that Facebook, which owns Instagram, is not technical. I mean, it is a social media platform, but really it's an advertising company, right? It, it uses all that data, which you mentioned, and sells it to people who choose to buy it. And and so they then use these platforms for companies to, to be able to buy ads, right? And so you, Instagram, not only is it, you know, people able to um, post photos of, of, of one another, but now is the whole creation of the Instagram model, who basically is a model who wears designer clothings yeah. or other things, you know, bathing suits or whatever. And those items are then advertised to the people on the profile. So a girl who wants to be like this other girl and is comparing herself to this girl yeah. is then now being used to basically eat up ads and then maybe go buy that those material to make them look or feel like this other person. Right. And so they're dependent on a system that makes them feel bad and is actually using them to sell things to. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty disgusting system the well, more you think about it and, doesn't and, it and you know and, and in so many uh, this this is one of the more challenging articles i think from the standpoint of look uh, instagram is not responsible for human nature sure but instagram is responsible and the, the company facebook incorporated is responsible for how they engage human nature and uh, all of this research is yielding definite results and i mean one of the things to get to uh, well, let me read this quote. Uh, quote, for the past three years, Facebook has been conducting studies into how its photo sharing app affects its millions of young users. Uh, repeatedly, the company's researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of them, most notably teenage girls. Uh, quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls, said one slide uh, from a Facebook presentation from 2019, summarizing research about teen girls who experience the issues. Uh, teens blame Instagram for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression, said another slide. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. Here's where it really gets sharp. Facebook is a publicly traded company. Right. So what shareholders want is money. Increasing Profit. returns, yeah. increasing users. Yep. And, and so what we have to realize as people is that the incentive is on the company to keep engaging more people. As it, it was uh, mentioned uh, in, in this article that 
uh, one of the big concerns that is going around is that Instagram has been developing uh, a platform, Instagram for kids, trying to go even younger. 13, 12 and under? Yeah. Yeah. When we know that this is something that uh, kind of early and mid-teenage girls are not handling well, and then you hear, well, they, yeah, and they want to take it younger. There is no good reason. There is no reason other than profit. Yes. That they want to do that. Right. Uh, if you get addicted to it earlier, right. then they'll be more addicted later. I mean, and then it's another opportunity. I mean, I mean, I we I, I was watching some old cartoons back. It was like uh, Yogi Bear, right? And cartoons were, 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 yeah, they were great. They were for, for kids and they were funny, but it was a tool to sell things for, right? They were, I remember watching, they used the characters from the cartoon to then advertise for a drink or something. Yeah. And when you watch cartoons when you're a kid, what do they use it as? As to sell toys and cereal, yeah, sure. right? Yeah. Uh, these things are not just simply, oh, we want to provide entertainment to children. No, no, it's a platform to sell right. products to the audience. And really... What Instagram is, is, again, Facebook had an issue. They were losing uh, young girls and, t- and young, actually young people, I guess, in general, were using Facebook less because they yeah. saw their moms on it and their, their right. parents were using it to connect with old friends from high school, right? right. And they're like, oh, this isn't really for us. So Instagram, they bought Instagram for $1 billion, right? right. $1 to billion. be able to be a platform that kids would use or young teenagers would, or teenagers would use because they were not using Facebook as much. So now they've created, they've been able to buy something, and now they can push their advertisement to that group of people. Because teenagers are, number one, are more prone to, I would guess, like clothing-based advertisement or other type of advertisement. They feel like, I need to have that to be accepted by this group of people. If I own those pair of shoes or I wore that particular dress or that bathing suit, then I'll be liked by these group of people and I want them to like me. And I see this person that I kind of comparing myself to, and they look better than me, and I want to look like them, so I got to buy what they are wearing so that I can look like them. I mean, right. that's pretty That's pretty much what's going on, and so this comparison issue, while then girls are being addicted to it and then are being sold uh, uh, merchandise and other things to buy to make them what they want to be, it's, it's disastrous. Right, and, and so I, I want to get to a place here to say, okay, if, if you've looked at Instagram once and you went, I... I mean, like you and I said, I have no interest yeah, in no it. Interest well, in how that. can this thing be so, uh, so dangerous? Yeah. Well, it's dangerous when it lives as it most often lives, which is endless engagement. Right. Uh, one thing to say after reading this article and, and reading a lot of social media-based <laughs> articles in the last couple of weeks is that it seems to me that uh, attention is the new real estate. Yeah. That, oh, that yes. That the war for people's attention is the foreseeable future for a lot of the most profitable companies. Right. Uh, and if that is the case, to anybody who's listening who is a teacher or a minister, I know. Uh, anybody who, who works to engage with people, to try to help uh, people to reach their goals and to have healthier lives, well, look, I, you cannot ever say, well, it's somebody else's fault, but you also need to realize that there are large companies who have a vested interest in your attention mm-hmm. and know quite a bit about how to get it and how to keep it. And so if you don't have any ability to cut it off, you're in a very bad place. And as a parent, if you don't have the guts to say to your kids, listen, we're going to figure out when's enough for you. And if you can't cut yourself off, I will cut you off. Right. Look, there is a lot of, of research that shows that the, the basic biblical idea that the discipline that parents give then gets transferred to become self-discipline on the part of children who then become adults, and the system hopefully carries on. You've got to see that system, and we've got to engage with it, because this endless, kind of always using, always engaged in Instagram, if your kids are taking their phones with them to bed at night, Look, this is not healthy. It's right. not good. This it gives an endless supply of comparison. Right. And that's that's not good. Mm-mm. It's not helpful. It's not it's not healthy. It doesn't lead to maturity. It leads to just more and more comparison, seeking value in yeah. what can I do versus yeah. what this person can do. And just like the constant like I'm comparing myself to that. Let me keep going. 
compare myself. Oh, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. And so you're just constantly right. taking in something that makes you feel worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And you can't stop. Yeah. And you are addicted to this because you know that if you were to take that app and delete it yeah. or delete your profile and never use it again, you know that the scores of people that you want to be connected to, like in your school or wherever, they're going to go, well, where have you been on Instagram? We haven't seen your, vi- your right. pictures. We haven't seen your videos. Have you seen my picture that I took when me and my parents right, went right. to whatever? Like, no, I'm off Instagram. Oh, you're off Instagram. Yeah, sure. And then there's like a, there's a fear that yeah. you are now not a part of the, the club or the group. Yeah. So not only do you hate something because you compare yourself constantly, but you feel like you have to invest it. You have to invest in it or you will be outcast from your group. And I think that is, when I'm reading this as a father, especially for daughters who, you know, want to be with their friends, want to see their friends, and not doesn't they don't want to be left alone. And so therefore they are, in their mind, forced to have to buy into this system. And if they don't buy into it, then they're going to lose a ton. Yeah. It's really sad. It is. And it's, and it's hurting uh Particularly our girls. Let me ask you that, um, because it, it it clarified for me very much. It, it was it was really good because it connects with a lot of conversations I, I've had over the years with with young ladies in particular. Why is this such more dangerous thing? Do you think for girls than it is for boys? Why why is Instagram not quite as damaging to boys, especially at, at this age group? Yeah, I I, I mean I think. Boys, I don't, I don't remember in high school especially comparing myself as much to other guys my age. I mean, I think guys typically fall into their little niche. Like, so I ran track and cross country in high school. Um, you know, I compared myself to the guys on my team or I compared myself to other runners that we ran against. But there wasn't really a, uh, a platform where people were constantly – putting something, oh, here's my, my best five-mile run today. Oh, where did you? It, it wasn't a constant – I wasn't constantly bombarded with um, opportunities to compare myself with other people, right? Yeah. Um, I think I was pretty, like, settled in that, um, you know, yeah, I, you know, I wasn't a person who got straight A's, but I did enough to get by, right? I got A's and B's. And, and yeah, so there was other students who got better grades than me, but, like, you know, I guess I wish maybe I got better grades, but I – that's the grades I get, so whatever. Yeah, I wish I ran track faster than that guy from Houston High School. He ran his mile in, you know, 420, and I ran mine in 440. But he's just faster than me, so right. what's the big deal? You know, like, he's just faster. Right. And you almost come to a point of saying, like, I- I'm never going to be that fast. Like, I'm doing the best I can. You know, and I think there's a sense of, like, I don't know, contentment that guys have. Maybe that's easier yeah. for girls, where girls are always wanting to be connected. And if they feel like that there's something about them that causes them to be disconnected or they lose an, an opportunity, then there's a sense of sadness or, or shame or, um, yeah, I, I, just kind of a negative feeling that, that they just turn like, well, why am I not that good? Or what, what, what do I, why can I not be that good? Or what's wrong with me? What, what do I have to do to change myself? I don't think guys really spend a lot of time spinning that wheel. Right. And it's, um, if you spend time with teenagers, uh, I can remember starting out in youth ministry. Within the first few years, I, I had some really meaningful conversations with young girls. Because when you start trying to, to say, you know, look, you don't need to compare yourself to other people. God made you. He's, he made you who he wanted you to right, be. Yes, right. there is sin, but he has great things for you. And he loves you as you are. And, and, and then when you can move beyond that conversation to the application and kind of go, okay, what is it that's really getting in the way, though, right. of this kind of just eating at you? Wow, there have been some challenging and meaningful conversations about... Um, it seems to me that, that girls have some sort of uh, kind of competition related to being, yeah. related to who they are. Yeah. Whereas guys do a lot of competition and related to doing. It's a very right. compartmentalized... Yes. Look, we do competition. It's right there. You right. see it. Right. And then it's over. Yeah, it's and over. And then guys are able to go, yeah, I mean, one of the most the strangest sights in humanity where you see two guys boxing beat up on each other. Right. And then they hug and they kind of go, all right, we did it. Right. That is that is a representative right. of life. Right. And, and, and strange but glorious in the sense of kind of general what male competition looks like. A lot of being able to leave it on the field, as the, the saying 
goes, but that sense of competition in regard to being, yeah. even I've, I've talked to young girls who are perplexed by it themselves. Like, I don't know. I don't know why we do that. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. I mean, very uh, much, you know, I guess Genesis 3 kind of curse that, I guess, guys, we, we do like, yeah, we are, we're competitive. We are, um, very, very like, all right, I have this goal and I want to get to my goal and there's some other people that it seem are further along than me, mm-hmm. or maybe they have more advantages than me. When man, I'm just gonna like rise above it. I'm gonna, yeah. beat them. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to equal them. Yeah. But never at point like there's something wrong with me, or right. because they're doing better than me, that there might be just something about me that's wrong. It's like no, it's just always a goal that you have to just kind of reach. Yeah. And I guess for women, it's just more internal, yeah. where it's like what what's wrong with me. Uh, um, you know, why are they much better than me? Uh, what, 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 what I, I there's no hope yeah. almost kind of a point. And I think men are always kind of like, ah, there's another mountain to climb. I'll just, you know, I'm going to start and climb that mountain. If I don't get to the top or if I fall down, then I'll just head to the next one or something like that. Right. And, and it seems to me one of the highest bars that the Bible sets for maturity is, you know, iron sharpens iron as iron oh, sharpens sure. iron. So one man sharpens another that right. you can in Christian maturity and spiritual maturity get to the point where you go, you know, look, we will push each other. Yeah. And it is, in fact, best. I mean, this is one of the things that I have seen as, uh, you know, you and I, and, and we, we have shared friendships. You want men in your life who push you, who, who, who do want your best, but at the same time that you can go, you know what, with your gifts and your skill set, you're doing the best that you can, and that's what I want to do. And right. don't, don't tell me that everything I'm doing is the maximum. Right. Tell me the right. truth about how Absolutely. it's going and where, where I can improve. And those are the kind of uh, friendships I really look for in my life at this point. And, and I, I certainly, I know and, and see that, that women are capable of that, but we all, I mean, to me, at any moment, that, that healthy competition can devolve sinfully into an unhealthy comparison where you start telling yourself, well, he's, it's, I mean, make it simple and race. Well, it's all genetics. And, and he, how could I ever, how could I ever do better than him? And, and there's so many disadvantages that, and look, that's not needed. That you just do your best. Yeah. That's all you're responsible for. You don't have to worry about, uh, beyond that. This, and I think, you know, you, we've been, you're mentioning about, you know, in youth ministry and talking to girls. I think one of the issues that it constantly comes up with, with young Christian girls, it's just perfectionism, like oh, sure. especially with school. Yeah. And there's a sense where you, this is kind of like more of a the physical perfection is like, well, I I wish I looked like her because in my mind and probably in other men's minds, she's like perfection. Yeah. And you know, you know, and I'm not that. And so why am I not that? But I think it even works with grades. It's like they, there's a constant like need to always be always perfect to always get the a to always um finish the project uh to the to the perfective level and when you don't if you got criticism or you got pushback it was like well there must be something wrong with me because how could i not have gotten the perfect grade and and so and i think a lot of inability to to realize okay there's a problem or there's an issue how do i how do I learn from my mistakes? How do I learn from the things that I failed in and actually use this as an opportunity to get better? And the 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 whole like goal of perfection is such an it's a it's a ludicrous goal because there's no such perfection. I mean, right. there's never a perfect sermon. There's never a perfect run. Everything is there's never perfection. Is, should never even be a, a a goal. It should always be how can I do my best? How can I give my best effort? How can I learn from the things that I have made mistakes in and maybe do better the next time? I think men typically do better in those scenarios. Um, as you were saying, usually if someone says, hey, I think you can do better on these issues, you're like, okay, I want to do better. How do I do better? I think women sometimes go, well, I thought I was perfect. Perfection is what I'm wanting to be, and you're saying I'm not perfect, and so that must mean that there's something wrong with me. And I think that's a whole, that's a lot to take on to go, there is something so flawed about me that's unfixable, and therefore there's no hope. Right, and that drives right to the theological issue, which is, look, if you do not look to God first for your value, yes, you will go to every relationship in your life, and you will just mine it for value. Yes. And it'll be a good day if you find your value there, and people tell you good things about yourself, and it'll be just a really 
rotten day if you hear bad things or if things don't go your way. And that roller coaster, uh, we don't need to live there right. if we can find our value in God first. Well, then all of these other things can right. fit in. Because the truth of the matter is some people would, would style this in such a way as like, well, God's opinion is the only one that matters. Well, look, no people matter. Yeah, sure. But God's opinion matters first. And right. then beyond that, the people who really love you in your life, the ones you got to listen to. And then on down, there are certain people's opinions that, I mean, look, again, Jesus is the example, as in all things. There, he did not listen to the Pharisees. They did not have his right. best interests at heart. Right. So their opinion is a, of not, and, and you've got to figure out in your life, okay, how do I then sort through? Well, that's a worthy quest to find yes. out how to sort through the opinions that are given. I, I've talked to many, especially comes on in, in the early 20s and mid 20s. I'm, get, I'm getting opinions, you know, uh, advice from grandparents who say go to more school or go to less school or go get this job or go get that job. This is when you should get married. And, then, and you get conflicting advice. And I see this so often, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen over the years. Well, yeah, that's, that's a lot of what it is, is yes. trying to learn to sort through. These people love me, but I'm getting different opinions. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is hard. That is hard. Uh, but a necessary and fruitful uh, fruitful thing fruitful quest to work through absolutely a challenge uh, as you sort through that because yeah those people love you they're trying to give you the wisdom that they have and probably somewhere in the middle on a lot of this is where you're gonna have to fall but again that's up to you yeah uh, god lets you live your life and you'll ultimately answer for it so. and I, I i know you don't have this on here but i wanted to read this quote um yeah. this is from the the i guess the ceo of instagram he said some features of instagram could be harmful to some young users and they're they aren't easily addressed he then said, there's a lot of good that comes with what we do. But again, like, what, what's the good? I, I just, I kind of just question mark that. It's like, you're mentioning like, all right, people are going to give you wisdom. What is good wisdom mm-hmm. and what is bad wisdom? Mm-hmm. I mean, Proverbs is an entire book of the Bible that talks about what is good wisdom and what is wisdom that the fool listens to. Right. And I think if you, if you're, if you're comparing your value or you're getting advice from Instagram, I'd probably say that's probably not good wisdom. It's probably right. bad wisdom. And that's where, you know, not to use this word, I know this word sounds harsh, but fools will go to um, these systems and say, give me my value. Tell yeah. me how valuable I am. Because they're going to, they're going to give you, uh, they're going to tell you what you should think or what you should uh, get your value from where the people that are in your life, people that know you, you know what the good things about your life, some of the things that you've struggled in, they're the ones that can, are able to lift you up, to encourage you, and also challenge and rebuke you. Right. But you know it's coming from a good place, and so that would be good wisdom. Right. So I'm still struggling with some of these statements, and I'm as this article continues, I think Congress is also struggling with some of their answers. It's like, you use these vague languages like, yeah, we've got these reports. Yes, we've got these studies. However, we see the, the benefits and all these benefits. It's like, well, what's the benefits? Right. What's the good? We're right. still struggling to figure out what that is. We see a lot of bad right. and we're not really seeing a lot of good. Yeah. So, um, Before we uh, move on from this, I was thinking about how um, some of the things I've been listening to lately talk a lot about uh, the way young ladies, young girls tend to um, have compassion uh, they empathize and identify whether it is positive or negative, um, and that connection seems a lot more ready in young girls. So that if you see, uh, if you see someone that is on uh, one of these platforms, I mean, you can have. We, we talk. This is actually very relatable as ministry. You talk about compassion fatigue. That you get to the point. It's it's very hard to care about everything that's happening. Sure. Every day. Yeah. To all the people that yeah. you might encounter. Yeah. Well, this is a similar issue yeah. for young girls. You can only have so many healthy interactions. Right. In a given day. Right. And you are overtaxing your system to just right. keep on scrolling. Right. Your defenses. All of us. We are limited, tiny human beings. Yes. And our defenses cannot run forever and just go. I mean, and, and, and you know, again, as guys, some of this seems so simple. Like, I have no interest in scrolling through pictures of Chris Hemsworth and, and you know, right. Chris Evans and quotes by, you know, the smartest people. Like, you, you want to do something with your day that is useful. And to sit and see all these other people and what they're doing is not useful to you. Yeah. 
but these platforms can produce it for you and can produce interesting things. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, they're designed to produce things yeah. that will keep you engaged. I, yeah. So you can't be surprised when, well, they'll, to some degree, they'll do that. They'll yeah. keep just throwing something at yeah. you. Yeah, and I think it really does feast off, like, women, especially. And, again, this episode is not to dog on women. I think really social media is, is playing on some of the, the, the strengths and gifting that God has given women over men. That social media like really just heightens. Like I think women through social media, because I'm always impressed by how many how many likes women can give to certain posts. Where men don't do that, right? right. But I think women do feel this sense of I'm connected to this person. Right. Like, yeah, I never see them, but I see their photos, I see their children, and I feel connected to them. Yeah. And so I like their photo sure. and or a comment, and 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 that's a connection, and that's a. That's kind of a give and take. As, as us, as men, we're like, no, it wasn't give or take. That was just you saw a picture and you liked it. But it's not that simple for sure, them. Right. And, and, and there's, I think there's some, some good things about, again, this is, these, are, these are qualities that God has given women that men tend to struggle with, is that they do such a great job of feeling emotional connection to people. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just, it, it, I'm just impressed by it, but I think social media just plays on it. Like, plagues on that right and says you want to be connected well here's some more here's some more photos here's more video like 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 like. hey all these people you know their birthdays you can give them a message every person even though you've never talked to them you can send them a happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday and it's like how do you even keep up with all that i'm just like ah right i mean and that (laughs) that is actually i mean an incredible point one thing that i have seen um in in my life as well as as in ministry that um that i in general, uh, women seem to me to transfer values and to hold values for their families. And what I mean by that is they set kind of the ethos, the tone of the family. Right. Uh, and it goes through women. The, yeah. the, 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 the matriarch of, of a family has such a power to, you know, look, if, you're, if your grandmother was a hard worker, that lives in your family. Yes. If your grandmother was a straight talker, that lives yes. in your family. Right. And these sorts of things, that, that emotional connection, uh, the Obviously, there's a lot of big generalizing, but I, I would just ask everyone, just think about these things. What, what has been given and transferred by different members of your family? Because what we are dealing with here, and the big concern is we are exposing young people to tools that are untested yeah. and that, that are having. We know about the effects on this. Uh, Jean Twinge is mentioned later in the article. I don't think we'll get to her, but she's been sounding the alarm for four years now. I, I, I looked her up because I'm like, I've heard of her before. Well, you could read research that she did four years ago to say, listen, people, we are handing young ladies all of this social media access, and we know that for many of them, it is incredibly harmful. Yeah. And meanwhile, so say, for instance, if... Um, if you have a, a, a young woman dealing with anorexia, if you put her in the hospital, they will keep her away from another young lady suffering with anorexia because th- they influence each other and it increases the problem. Wow. Yeah. Meanwhile, we, don't, we are not anywhere near those sorts of ideas, those sorts of safety measures and those protections uh, in regard to social media. Right. In fact, what we, what we have set up right now is we purposefully connect these people yeah. so that, for instance, if, uh, if as unfortunately is, is the case, uh, binging and purging, it, it, if that's something that uh, you have a, a young, young woman in your life that you care about, she's dealing with that, well, you can go to Instagram and find more efficient ways of doing it. Right. And, and, and that, is, that is exactly what they're getting to. And so the message today is not Instagram's destroying everybody. Number one, the message is that for people who come upon significant struggles, Instagram can make it a lot worse. Yeah. And that is one of the big reasons why it is a, it is a symptom of a problem if you have someone who just goes, oh, no, I have to be on it every day yeah. this amount of time or unfettered yeah. access. Well, that's yeah. a symptom of a problem. And that's when, yeah. that's when you should say, oh, let's, let's strike one. We need to investigate this further. Uh, and that that's not out there right now. I don't I don't hear people who are saying, oh yeah, sure we know strike one, strike two, strike three. We know we, you know, it, listen. I know it's hard. I know yep. that phones are you know teenagers keep them close, but we've got to be engaged about these things. Yeah, got to be engaged. Especially since you know the the cell the cell point is you could be connected, 
And while at the same time, as we kind of force this connection down on you, we're going to sell you some goods. Right, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, right, the next quote, again, $100 billion. quote, expanding its base of young, young users is vital to the company's more than $100 billion in annual revenue, and it doesn't want to jeopardize their engagement with the platform. No. So <laughs> this is big, big business. It is. Uh, and and fr- from what? Yes, from the attention of young people, which drives sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I know how this works. Look, you're... Teenagers come to their parents and say, I want this, and I want this, and I want this. Well, I, you know, so, sometimes that goes toward birthday, it goes toward Christmas, but look, a lot of, it's just in the water, there's, yep. there's these sort of things, and it's, there's always so much happening, parents aren't able to always just go, well, tell me where you got this idea, and, and what's this leading to? I, I get that, but the breaks on this issue are really important. Uh, Some facts here, quote, more than 40% of Instagram's users are 22 years old and younger, and about 22 million teens log on to Instagram in the U.S. each day, compared with 5 million million teens logging on to Facebook, where young users have been shrinking for a decade, the materials show. Mm. It's a big difference. It is. 22 million to 5 million, you know? And again, like, going back to when we started this particular episode, we're not on Instagram. So you've got 22 million people, especially in your ministry, that... You know, those are the people you're wanting to connect with and get them connected to the church and connected to the gospel. But yet Instagram is such a, and there's a reason why there's 22 million that are using Instagram on a, on a, on a what does it say, is that every day? Yeah, each day they log in. And then we're on Facebook, right? Because we've had it since, you know, day one. And they're not even on there. And there's such a, a distance when age and generation between one system over the other that creates this almost like protective, like uh, protective center for young teens to just interact and connect with one another without any type of. There's not, there's very few influences from those who are older. Mm-hmm. Where in Facebook, at least you can keep track with people a little bit more. Like if you if you had if you're a parent and you're on Facebook, you can see kind of what your kids are posting and you can somewhat be uh, aware. But on Instagram, if you're not in that because you're in your 30s or in your 40s you're like well I don't post pictures I don't take pictures you feel like you're so distant from what's going on in the activity right and one uh, one little story at this point that I I think is really uh, exciting frankly is uh, I thought okay well I'll log into my Instagram today just because we're going to be talking about it and thankfully I saw a teenager uh, who said it was a young lady who said you know, I, uh, I haven't said anything lately, but I'm going to be off of this for a while. I'm just going to take some time off. And look, it's, it's possible. You can, people should do that. That yeah. should be something for everyone. Right. That you just learn to moderate, learn to go, you know what, what is this doing to me? Right. And take some time off from anything from time to time. Uh, these things should not own us right. in our life. One of the most powerful scriptures I have ever read in the New Testament is this very short statement where Paul refers to uh, some people and says their God is their belly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Their, their belly talks and they listen. Right. And in this regard, I mean, uh, however you want to summarize it, our desires talk and we listen, our ego talks and we listen. Listen, we, we can't be there. Uh, I, I want something else to be Lord of my life than my own desires. Yeah. I, I, I want Jesus to be Lord. And, and for today, I am thankful that uh, there is one young lady I know showing yep. courage uh, yeah. in that way. And I, I know that you know, the article gets into this a little bit about, like, what... So one of the issues right now, because the reason why Mark Zuckerberg, who is the CEO of Facebook, and they own Instagram, so therefore he basically runs Instagram, is... Congress, that Congress is kind of oversight over all this. Because, again, if... if if local representatives from districts or even like states from senators from certain states and they continue to get e- emails and letters and phone calls from their constituents talking about the issues of this of their young girls i mean they're going to want to especially the especially the female representatives are going to want to kind of go hey what do we do to protect them? Right. Um, I mean, we didn't even get into this because, you know, but I know that there's child pornography issues that come out of Instagram. So like, let's not like be, be or naive to think that that doesn't come out of this as well. Like there, there's so many dark holes to this. And just now Congress is kind of getting involved and like, all right, what's going on? And how can we 
create some apparatus around this. And of course, Zuckerberg doesn't want any apparatus from outside to give any control over what he's doing. That's why he throws out terms like, well, we think there's more positives than negatives. We think there is some good. We do think that most people have positive mental uh, benefits from this, even though there's nothing in particular that we're throwing out. We're just kind of using generality of connectivity and who doesn't want to connect with people. I just don't know. I think there's a a lot of gray area that Congress would like to fill, and especially with this idea that, hey, let's get younger kids involved sooner. I, I don't I don't know where what the apparatus currently in the government has the best kind of like sword to this. I don't know if it's a commerce issue because of the ads. Um, I don't know I don't know really what it, if it's a kind of a, a a content issue. Like I'm not sure what sword they have on this, but I do think that it seems like some governmental regulation of some sort needs to be enacted but then again any governmental regulation somewhat sometimes is most of the times an overreach so i'm not really sure what down the road any governmental laws or whatever will be passed to kind of reel this stuff in right i I thought about that too and and so what it comes down to is we don't know if there is anyone who's going to be able to head this off in the near future i mean what uh these these few quotes here basically just say uh, there have been many requests for the research. Yeah. Facebook has no interest in giving it to anybody else. Nope. And so far, there's no way to get it from them right. uh, other than what led to this article, which is uh, someone passed on this material to the Wall Street Journal right. uh, showing presentations and, and some of what Facebook knows. And that's how we know about right. what is happening. And I know this is not a part of this particular article, but one of the other Facebook articles is that it found out that Facebook in particular does make exceptions for certain people that allow them to post things they wouldn't let other people post. Mm. They do favor certain celebrities, certain governmental position uh, uh, officials. They allow to post more negative content. Um, and so, again, this is a, a world where there are political... Uh, you know the these it, Silicon Valley is fascinating, is because they're big business, but they're liberal big business. I mean, in the past, big oil, even going back to like you know train and railroad industries, a lot of those industries kind of favor the more conservative party. Now Silicon Valley and you know California is a democratic area. I mean, most of those votes go to the Democratic Party. Most of their money goes to the Democratic Party. And and so there's a there's a huge issue, especially Republicans in Congress are wanting to bring some regulation because they, they think that these institutions favor one political group over the other. And since this is where people are listening, as you're saying, this is where people's attention is, it's great real estate, then conservatives don't want to be cut from that real estate. And so they this issue of Facebook and Instagram and Google and all these different companies it is going to be interesting down the road to see where the regulations start to come in because this is not just a business or a political issue. This is a sociological issue that young girls are being affected in, a, in, a, in very negative ways. And are we just going to let this continue? Sure. You know, there's, as the, as the study already, the article even brought up, there's, there's a, several, is it more than 10% or is it six, 13% of British girls, but 6% of American girls have thought of suicide because of Instagram. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, and so, like, is that number's probably higher, maybe, than the girls that are willing to even say that. So, anyways, yeah, I think this is a, a, a... I'm glad the Wall Street Journal spent an entire week posting different sides of Facebook. Right, and so, what to say about this is, uh, one, anything you take in, you are responsible for that first. Yeah. There is shared blame. Look, oh, sure. some of these uh, some of these companies are, are not acting in, uh, with integrity uh, and, and are looking just to take advantage of people. But look, you need to uh, assess your own intake and what is good for you. And then parents, you have to help your children to assess what is good for them in this regard. And, and, and a lot of this, look, no, none of us understand all this the best. I mean, part of, you can understand how... Uh, how Facebook and Instagram are able to employ so many people who are in marketing and psychology and in, in analysis. If you've got $100 billion in annual <laughs> revenue on Instagram, you don't have a problem hiring very smart people to drive it. Yeah. Well, what, what, what do we have then? Listen, pray, and we have God Almighty That's right. who will help us. That's right. And, and, and one thing I, to encourage parents in particular, one of the things that I, I dealt with 
uh, early on uh, in youth ministry. As, as I started out very much kind of a big brother role, as I'm sure yep. you have felt, and as yep. I've moved on, and certainly now I'm about the age of most parents. Um, young people can tell when you're doing something because you love them versus when you're just doing something because you kind of want to push them around. When you had a bad day, and you're just kind of going, you know, but li- listen, it's a struggle sometimes to know what to do. But yeah. pray yep. and then do your best and... When you when you apologize when you make a mistake or you, you overreach with your kids apologize yes, later but you absolutely. cannot you can't parent out of fear right you cannot live out of fear I mean this issue you're talking about earlier that a lot of what gets teenagers is well what am I going to miss what am Yo, people yeah. other people might not know what I'm doing right. and I won't know what they're doing right. listen don't live out of fear right it's it's horrible for you to live out of fear like that it'll all be fine and if you don't believe me give it a shot right try it out right it it will it will work out just fine yeah there there's a, a whole world out there. Um, experiment. Take Mondays off of everything. I mean, just try some of this. It is, it, is, it is good to be open and to not live by fear in right. that way. And I, and I think, you know, not to, to bring this in, and I think this is, a, you know, you're bringing up parenting. I, hey, parents can't live in this world where, oh, I'm just going to keep all my kids off of this stuff. I mean, we're just going to like live in a. In a and the, and the, we're gonna live in a bomb shelter, and, and the whole world's gonna fall apart right. as we kind of live out the live out our lives, you know, under the ground. That's that's just not reality. I think, you know, we have to teach our kids wisdom. Um, yes, Instagram, Facebook, these are all as Revelation eighteen. These are all part of Babylon, right? It's part of the world, you know. <laughs> and what's gonna end? They're all gonna fall apart. They're all gonna turn into ash, and God's gonna reign supreme. We know that God's gonna win, right? And so these guys aren't going to win. They're not going to, like, rule the day. Uh, we're not going to be ruled by Instagram or Facebook, you know, 10 years from now. God's going to win. But, like, we live in the world, yeah. right? And we as Christians, while we know that God's in control, the world is the world. And the world is, uh, they are, they do want profit. They want more profit. Sure. You know, the world is not, uh, the world is not sacrificial. The world is greedy. Mm-hmm. And, and this is how the world works. And I think... We have to realize that's where we are. They're in the world. We don't have to be of the world. And we have to use the wisdom of God's word. We have to be students of God's word. We have to understand it. We have to rely on him. And then, as you're saying, walk in the world, interact with it, and and share that peace of God. Don't be afraid, but trust in God and rely on him. And this is a great theological moment because... Um, uh, one of my greatest areas of interest in regard to sort of the kingdom and what is yeah, to come yeah. is, uh, what is this quote either in Isaiah or Jeremiah talks about the, the ships of Tarshish and all the technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right? I do believe that. It comes up in Revelation, this, yeah. This, this technology can be redeemed. It will be redeemed yes. prayerfully. And yes. even in the kingdom, all sure. the forms of t- technology can be used to their good. Absolutely. And so right now... It, Prayerfully, we can know what yes. the best way is to go forward uh, with these sort of things. Because, look, yes, I know, Instagram, as they talk about here, the, the biggest danger is that it, it drives you to relate in terms of attractiveness or wealth or the success of others. It doesn't have to do that, though. Right, right, and right. And right. we, we don't, as, if we are not slaves to it, it can be used for good. But we just, we have to start by not being slaves to it. That's, that's the first right. step. Right. And you can move to making it a tool to where it can be a useful means of connection that then, you know, look, we've all had points in our life where we go, hey, that's a, that's a place where I want to go more, I want to go less. Yeah. So strive for meaningful, direct connection. Let this be where it is, which is a lesser connection. Absolutely. And let it fit into the right place in your life, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of what we're seeing is just unfettered access, uh, thoughtless engagement. Right. And, and that can't go on. We can't right. live that way. Right. We cannot live that way anymore. And I, there's a, there, uh, you know, this, I, I, we've talked about this a lot. I, I can't stop saying it is that we live in a world now that you don't have to live in the, in place. You don't have to live with people. You can just live out this connectivity on the social or digital way. And it is a substitute of the real and mm-hmm. the the real thing, I mean, Kurt, we could do this podcast online. We never have to do it in person. We could people do that all the time, but there's a meaning to doing it together. Right. There's a meaning to getting on and sitting in one table with two microphones looking at each other. And there's something better about this mm-hmm. than it is doing it online. Right. And this is just a small example of of what people need to be striving for. Don't 
accept the substitutes. Don't accept the substandard. Strive for the better. Uh, try to make the better work. Uh, try to take, make sacrifices for the better. Uh, and don't um, settle for the for the substandard. Yep. And I think a lot of people are falling into accepting the substandard. Yep. We talked about pornography two weeks ago or three weeks ago. People, are, a lot of men are accepting the substandard. Yep. yep. Uh, and we talked about uh, you know people are just accepting substandard uh, uh, options. And it's like C.S. Lewis says, people are eating mud pies when they can have That's vacations right. at the sea. And please. Run after the, the vacations at the sea. Yeah. Do not keep eating mud pies. And Instagram is a mud pie. <laughs> uh, so that's my last thing I'll say. There you go. There you go. So are we done? We're this done. Is it? All right. This has been Empires of the Future. And we'll see you in the future. All right.